All right. So, you know, wait, I'm sort of a wait, <laughs> wait. Did you click record? Yeah, we're. It's we're, on. I just want to. I just want to make sure I don't make any politically charged statements while we're recording. Oh, we're gonna make politically charged <laughs> statements. I, for one, that am pro free free speech, don't. and I think podcasting is the epitome of that. I think that that's like our future is podcasting. You know, but yeah, we don't have to talk about it. I think we're going to do our best. Anyone. I think we're going to do our best not to talk politics right now. Sure. Let me finish my thought then. Go ahead. Finish your so thought. I, I, you know, I'm sort of a like armchair scholar. I was that, do you think that's a fair, that is like, very, like I don't actually know anything, but I, I like to research the things that people know shit about, you know? I don't think it's really an armchair. You're more of like a astro, chair. astro gamer chair. Speaking of, if, if no one has a, chair like this of all the gaming chairs the secret lab brand is really nice is that that's the chair brand yeah secret lab this it's all it's a leather chair i feel like 400 bucks but of all the gaming chairs and all the chairs i've sat in your chair which is like the king's this is kind of an armchair that's an armchair sure but this this chair is really nice that's definitely a gamer's chair how many you've you're probably like a connoisseur of gamers i've gone through three in your life yeah that's i would have thought more they last a long time, but I had I had one and then. But you ride them until they die. I have I still have the first one. I use the first one still. You don't want to get rid of it. The second it's one, like I, baby. I just ended up leaving at my old apartment because it was too annoying to move it and disassemble it, and I just left it. You couldn't it wasn't that comfortable. You couldn't just squeeze it through the doorway. I mean, I could, but I just didn't have a space <laughs> for it in my new place. I was just, I don't need I didn't need more. But anyways, you you know I'm kind of an armchair scholar. Yes. Right. Yes. So let me make that very clear. I don't actually know what I'm talking about, but I do like to. You got to be like Joe Rogan. It's be like I'm an idiot. Right. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but here's what I think. I'm an idiot. Here's what I think. <laughs> if you own it, they can't talk shit. <laughs> yeah. But I recently was reading this like, it's essentially game theory for dummies. You know, do you want you know what game theory I, is? I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Game theory. I study political science. Is the yeah? It's, I mean, it's used in political science. The idea of game theory, which I've heard about, but I never really truly understood. But I like to think like, ooh, game theory. That's like stretch. It sounds cool. It yeah, sounds cool. Like all, the, all the theories. But it's it's yeah. it's interesting because it's like it assumes that everyone in the stratagem that you're participating in, like the game or the the race scenario, what the scenario, yeah. Is, is rational, which I thought was an interesting concept. For game theory to work, you also have to assume that everyone else in the scenario is rational. And then they, it, this was like the first page. I only read like one page okay. of this. This book. is why this theory doesn't work because literally no one is rational. Right. And so that's what that's what the interesting <laughs> thing about it was. It's like you can predict a lot of things if everyone is rational. Right. So like if you assume that everyone in the scenario is rational, you can make quite a few deductions that are relatively accurate when you when you build out the model of the situation. Yes. And uh, I just thought that was pretty interesting, you know, like, because I, I feel like jujitsu, like we can tie it into jujitsu. Jujitsu rationally, if you're about to pass someone's guard in this specific way, that, that's like, I always talk about limiting options, but you're basically assuming. You're talking about the funnel, right? Right. Like you, you the, there's infinite possibilities when no one has touched each other yet. Right, and as right. you get closer and closer and grip and grip and grip, there's right. fewer and fewer things you can actually do it's next like the, it's that like, make sense that are rational. It's like the chess match. Like yeah. the, the, when the board is fresh, and there's infinite number of possibilities yeah right? the, the way the game can go down but when you get down to the last few pieces it's it very becomes more limited. specific because yes. if they if they're rational because if they're irrational that all goes out the window so right so right the more logical you are the more effective you are at games in a lot of ways because it, it allows you to be like i know if i was in his position the rational thing to do to not lose would be this and then this and then this and then 
you have to play that against your own decisions as my decisions would be this and this and this. And if we're both rational, you would come to this conclusion, right? And so only if both people can somehow follow out the entire rational procedure all the way to its final conclusion will it be an accurate prediction, right? Right. Which never happens. This is why it's so difficult to train with white belts. Yeah, exactly. So, so they make irrational decisions. And, and so, so much of teaching in jiu-jitsu, I realize, is really just teaching rationality based on our knowledge. Because we have a lot of jiu-jitsu knowledge, but you can't be rational about jiu-jitsu unless you have that technique knowledge of like what actually works in these different scenarios. Right. And so that's kind of all of jiu-jitsu is just showing the, rational, the rationally best option for, against this guard pass the or against this submission. Best rational option. Yeah, the best rational option, which there can be many. I well, this, and this is why when I teach in my seminars, I, I teach someone one technique and then I give them all the rational scenarios that might or are yeah. most likely to occur because those decisions are the most rational, right? right? So like, hey, when you have someone's head, they're probably going to do this. And if they don't, well, I don't know what to tell you because you're not dealing with a, a rational grappler. But all the good, I can always say in my experiences, all good competitors or good grapplers do this thing. This is the yeah, most common exactly. reaction. And because I have... You keep bumping the table and shaking your Sorry, camera. sorry. And because I have so many... Uh, I have so much experience with these scenarios, it's very easy for me to just tell them, like, look, this is what you're going to encounter. I wasn't changing this to, to view you at all. Yeah, let me look at me. Let's look at me. Oh, shit. I'll, look, I'll be better look at this. Look at my shiny-ass forehead. It's just bright line here. Go on, please. Okay, anyways. No, I'm just saying, I, I think, uh, you know, but like sometimes someone asks you a question about some kind of an irrational. Uh, oh, that, and that's like what instructors get pissed off about. Right. Because <laughs> people can ask a question that is well, so What if he does an atomic butt drop on your face? Right. Well, I don't know, man. Like if, <laughs> I've never well, been in that situation. Infinite, but the <laughs> rationalities are much more manageable. So when people ask what ifs, it's like, well, I mean, what if a fucking velociraptor burst <laughs> what if someone throws a chair on the mat yeah <laughs> what if you what if you roll over a nail that's on the mat and then it goes through your hand yeah. and you can't finish your arm bar the but, best one is what if you can't break the grip <laughs> yeah what, some, i mean if you truly can't break someone's grip you're fucked you just you lose tap out go home <laughs> yeah i've had some crazy <laughs> questions recently in, in some of my classes but i always just try and find an opportunity to like bring it back to a rational conclusion like if they do, if they do that, that means that they weren't ready for this, you know? Yeah. Like if, they, cause that's usually what it is. If they do something stupid, then you should take advantage of their stupidity with a rational move. And then I just redirect it back to rationality. And that's how you deal with those situations without getting upset. I can't, I can't remember. I, it's been so long since I've taught it to a class and received it. Yeah. Like for my seminars, I, I know every question that can, I've never encountered really a question that I haven't been prepared for. Cause I've, I've taught this seminar so many times. Yeah. Um, I remember though when I was in like teaching in Arizona in the very beginning. Oh man, all kinds of crazy questions. What's the what's the funniest question you've had recently? The not the funniest. Like you ever you ever get a question and you just think, ah, oh, what a dumb question. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that, you can never say that though, right? But you th- but you definitely think it. No, I I mean you. Could, I think thinking. I know. So I just made someone mad by saying that because yeah, no thinking, question I mean, is a dumb question. Yeah, I that's, mean that's know. really what they're here to do. You know, is to learn. And make of course, questions. of course, but I don't think, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. I just thought it was interesting, like that. Obviously, game theory connects to a lot of different any competitive situation. I just didn't fully understand it, but it was cool to kind of understand a little bit better. So, my mind to it. Do you ever do you ever receive a question and you just like, I don't know how to answer that question. Sorry, 
Do you ever just say no? Like, sorry, for, I don't, I don't know. If you can't break the grip, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, I mean, that's they, usually what it comes down to. Like, some grips just can't be broken. Right. Like, you can show, like, okay, here you put your thumb on their thumb, and you got to pry their hand yeah. open, and then you got to pop your chest and pull, and that. You can give them all the grip breaking technique information that you have, but if they still can't break the grip, what what's the next answer? Like. Well, I think lapel guard is the perfect example of that because it's like, well, what do you do if you can't break the grip? Well, you can't do anything. What is There is nothing you can do. You have to just try and not. I Try to stop them. I, I had a guy. Progressing. I had a guy in Chicago Open. I remember when I, and I, he was a, a judo guy. Do you remember that judo guy from Chicago Open? He was like, he's from Kazakhstan. Do you remember him? I remember we he had, had an sick judo. He had sick judo. His takedowns were amazing. I forgot his name too. Anyways, but he but he wasn't well versed in like the submission aspect. Like he would always get a sick takedown, and then like I don't know, he'd get swept or or uh, or, or something. Anyways, but I had him in worm guard. It was the first worm guard sweep that I did in an adult black belt competition. That's why I remember it. But I had the worm guard all hooked up, and this guy was such a beast. He just started the posture. You know, Kazakhs are so strong, and he just started the posture hard to try to basically break my grip with his deadlift power, and he ripped his own gi. Wow. Because he couldn't break the grip. Yeah. Couldn't break the grip. But the gi bricked. And then we had to pause and change the gi. Anyways, I got the sweep eventually. Yeah. The lapel guard's really been doing well lately. I see, I mean, that lapel guard's Instagram. So many people are doing it now. And people are st- finally starting to do, like, a lot of the submissions that I was showing from there that I never really hit in competition because I just did the same arm bar one yeah. over and over. I right. saw I saw a fat ninja today. The, you know? worm bar, the worm bar is the best one, I think. I mean, well, it's really good, but now I saw someone hit the lapel Flavio Canto from Gubber Guard, which I had been showing for a while, and that's the first time I saw someone do it in competition. It you amazing. said fat ninja did it? Fat ninja, yeah. What's his name? Igor. Igor. I like that and guy. Then the guy. And then the guy... Uh, He's super stoic. The guy, he put he put the guy to sleep with it, and then the ref came over to wake him up, and the guy woke up and double like the ref. <laughs> You want to see? <laughs> it was pretty. Oh, I don't know. I don't think I can show you. you can't. Uh, it's not on YouTube. Could. If we want to go. Don't get us flagged, man. Oh, what's that? Oh, oh. The election. Oh, can can the people see that? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. It's a it's a, the election map. The blue, the famous blue and red election map that every American has seen a hundred times. Did week. you know Instagram? You can message on Instagram on web now. Yes, I know. They they merged all the. I don't know how I feel they, about that. Mer- I, I don't like it. it. I don't like it. They merge. Like you can literally just use Instagram on the internet now, but yeah. you can't post from it. Here it is. It's weird. All right, let me switch. Um, I can go like this. Yes. Are we going to give the people an explanation why we haven't been around, or should we just leave it? Sure. Just, watch. Let's this just first. ignore the the elephant in the room. Yeah, we'll, we'll just watch this. So fat ninjas on the bottom. Okay. I can actually use my little. Ten, so ten, Tanabi. Tanabi gets the gubber guard, so the lapel's over his leg like that. It's over his ankle, and then you grab. That's not, that's not gubber. Lapel. That's not gubber guard. That's, it is gubber guard. That's, that's warm plata. He grabs the lapel, the very lapel itself, and I show this on the lapel encyclopedia. And then you bring your leg over, and it creates the, like the tightest Flavio Contra choke ever. So sick. He doesn't even control oh, the arm, and then he puts the guy out. And then watch this. The guy calls it. The guy's out. Yeah. Fat Ninja gets up, and then this guy. Gets oh hit. shit. And takes the guy down fast and hard, bro, just out of nowhere. He was not asleep. He was playing possum. You think so, bro? He went from dead to a hundred percent. Maybe he just like almost nobody does that. I nope. mean, you see it happen in the UFC all the time after knockouts. No, they're never not never like that it. though. That's a hundred percent. They wake up and maybe go like seventy five percent. This guy woke up and went a hundred percent. 
That's amazing. So it's when he brings the lapel over his head yeah, and so under a, under his neck. Right. And then you just tuck your wrist under the neck. Yeah, I remember when you I remember when you, you came up with this. Yeah. Even though the lapel trap is mine. You definitely made this position a lot stronger with your discoveries on like how you can go to the monopole the power there. I, I didn't understand that at all. Which is what's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what is so cool about He really went to, from zero to hundred. That's what's so cool about the lapel guard system is so many so many people were contributed to it over the years. It's true. And then it's like it became this whole new orchard of like potentiality. It's open source jujitsu. Yeah, it's open yeah, really it really is. And a lot of a lot of people really contributed to it. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted to I wanted to just show you that real fast. Who was it that that originally had um kind of come up? I thought it was Carbolito, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um they were doing when they set up wor the worm guard from the top position. You know what I mean? Like like Oh, that was a long time. Yeah, ago. yeah, like it was. The first the It was kind of like the counter. Like you would set it up from the bottom and and then he would reset yeah, it up from the I mean, top. That, no one uses that though because it kind of just creates like a 50-50 position, right. you know. But yeah, that that was, I think that was Carbolito and maybe Mike Perez too was doing something yeah. like that. But it's it's pretty ineffective. The, but there's there's many ways to deal with lapel guard and usually grabbing their lapel is not the best way. Right. But also no one really knows the ways. Hey, I'm thinking about potentially Maybe just like throwing a wrench into the whole thing and just like showing all the defenses. Because I have a lot of them. Well, that should be its own little instructional that you can sell. Yeah, I mean. It's don't just, I just don't give it away for free, Keenan. I, <laughs> I just find it amazing that there still aren't really any good legitimate counters to the move. Yeah, I feel that way about the hanger team too. Yeah. I mean, that's just that means it's a good system, right? Well, that means that you've seen so many options that people come up with to defend it. It's like when I'm in the monoplata, you know? I will literally sit there. And let people try to escape because I want to see what the next escape thing is that, that I yeah. haven't seen yet because I've seen them all. Yeah, I've that, seen them all. That's the real power of systems and learning systems from people who know them. It's because they've literally spent a ton of time in right. that rabbit hole right. finding every Looking rational yeah. option. You know, right. What's next? What and, actually works? And of course, there's always irrational testing. options. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. And then when and when then when you do see one, you get to create the the patch, right? It's like a a, a dam, a big water right, wall, right? Yeah. And it, some water leaks through, and you're like, sure. watch it. That flexitate. And actually, I always tell people, you gave me one of the best defenses to the monoplata situation um, when you grabbed my gi pant and you just held it up in the air. You didn't put it up over your head. You didn't put it in your guard because you knew what would happen. But you would just hold it up in the air. When I'm already in monoplata? Yeah, you're already in it. And I you remember this. Yeah, so you just you you grab the pants and you just kind of punch my leg up into the air because if you put it over your head, I have a thing. If you put it in your guard, I have a thing. But if you just held it there in the air, I didn't have a thing. <laughs> I don't remember. And I always it, tell people. It's been like a year since we've rolled. Last time we rolled was in the, uh, I think of that UFC gym when we filmed that little Matt Burn intro, actually. No. we I, No, one time in here I did. We did? We yeah. Because you didn't have this place, right? That's why we were there. It was like in the and process. We, we've built. definitely trained in here. It's happened. Interesting. It's been a little while, but it's happened. Yeah, I've been out with a back injury. Well, let's fucking let's go right now. I can't roll. No. I'm on some anti, some heavy anti-inflammatories. I've been out on vacation. I just got back from Cabo San Lucas. Well, let's let's talk about like why we haven't been around. And I mean, I think everyone knows. I mean, shit's just been crazy. And like everyone knows that it's Keenan's fault. Have you been telling people that? No, I don't. It I, is my fault. I, I accept responsibility. Okay. Good. Yeah. Excellent. I, I have been extremely busy. I definitely hit you up a few times, but I understood because you were developing the website. And I think a lot of people know that also. Jiu-Jitsu X was in development. We were making the instructionals. 
and uh, you know, shit happens. You get busy. You know, I traveled. I had some seminars. I've been out of I've been out of the country for the past two weeks, and before that, I had a seminar tour. Yeah, what what was happening essentially is I was starting two businesses at the same time starting this website, working with all these athletes, opening the gym again through a <laughs> coronavirus lockdown, had to reopen it, get all our members back. Yeah. Had to run this website at the same time, organize all these instructionals. Actually getting injured was the best thing to happen for that because then I could actually do it. Get work done. Like, cause I was just training for. How'd you hurt your back? Deadlifting. <laughs> yeah. I was deadlifting. You should have listened to all those Instagram commenters <laughs> that were telling you that your technique was fucked up. Yeah, I was deadlifting and I, I was trying to go up to weight that I was doing in the past. And then I, I walked away from the deadlift platform and I just felt something weird in my back. And that same day, I just couldn't move. I was just like on a couch. Like like four hours later? No, like 20 minutes later. Serious? Yeah. Oh, that's no and, good. And That's I, a real one. Yeah. And I was I was just locked up. My lower back was just completely locked up. And you had, you had to pull out of something because of that. What was it? Fight to win? Fight to win. That was Gabriel Amita. But then oh, I had to yeah, pull out yeah. of another match. I was yeah, supposed yeah. to go against Kynan. Oh, yeah? I really want... I, I think that would have been great. But I've never... In the gi? No gi. No gi. Uh, so he can get his revenge. Yeah. But, yeah, it's been... I've been fulfilled with my other stuff I've got going on. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the podcast is a hobby. Right? Yeah. I mean, I would like it to be more, but it's just incredibly difficult to do so much. It's a hobby. It's a hobby for me. Like think about how many jobs, like podcasting is almost a full-time job. It's, it's again, we've said this before and we'll say it again. It's way more time consuming than anyone realizes. Sorry about my screen switching as well, guys. I'm still figuring this out. This is like a kind of hodgepodge. Is it, can they only see what you have it on? Yeah. They um, only, it only records what I'm showing, but I keep switching between you, me, and then the desktop just over and over again. I need to got it relax a little just relax bro but yeah the podcast first we were we were really plugging away at it for a long time and it was just right before all the craziness hit. yeah well you didn't have a gym you didn't have a website and uh yeah we didn't have more to do but i think now more than ever it's important to kind of like almost get off social media as a way of communicating with people. I'm going to show you guys something right now. Communicate with people. Real quick. Podcast. I want you guys to see this real quick. It would be, I, I would like to only post through like long form video. I'm going to show you my Facebook and how it's been for the past nine or ten days. No, definitely for the past two weeks, I've had my Facebook like this. Mine's been like that too. I logged oh, a fuck logged out, out and yeah. I didn't log in. You guys should try that because it's been glorious. But then I just, I guess, got sucked into other platforms. Then I fell into the Twitterverse, which I had never been in oh, before. fuck that. I, don't, I, never, I, don't, I had I never been on Twitter. I was like, Twitter's stupid. Instagram's like Twitter. where it's a hat. And then I, I stopped using Instagram as much. And then I started going on Twitter, and I realized it's a whole different ball game. It's just like, yeah, that's like the real chaos is on Twitter. That's where all the politicians are. All the politicians are there. So that's where all the all the politician haters are. And then you know there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, no, I would not have been on Facebook. It's been great. I mean, I'm still on Instagram. I need I need my Instagram, but yeah. Hey guys, don't be afraid to detox for a little while. Just go ahead and log it out. It's so that. much easier if you log out, you know, as opposed to like oh, just close the app because then you can just click it, it opens, it's there. You got to log out of it, and you got to give yourself a really difficult password, a really <laughs> difficult password. You know, something that you can't even remember. That's what I do. My passwords are so complicated because I had a crazy girlfriend one time who tried to hack into all my shit. You know about this, and. uh 
<clears throat> after we broke up, I said, man, I got to change all my passwords like big time. And I made them just the most horrendously difficult. And they're all unique. Every single one of them is unique. How do you remember them? I can't tell you that. Okay, I can. I have it written down on paper and inside my safe. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally inside my safe. And only, like literally, I don't remember my Facebook password. And I have to open my safe, get my paper out to log back into Facebook. That's nothing, bro. When, what I do is I just... I type in a random password each time and reset my password every single time. That's actually really good. So that no matter what, I don't even know my own password. Yeah, that's I only know the password to my email. That's a phenomenal idea. And then is I there just, a limit to how many times you can reset a password? You just can reset it infinitely. So you just reset every single time and then just make sure that your email password is super secure. Guys, that's a great idea. You should all do but that. I, I don't do that actually, but that's kind of what ends up happening anyways because I just forget the password. I forget I my password all the time. I must send reset confirmations to myself like a couple times a day for various things you know like various software that's a great idea platform. that's a good way to manage yourself I mean, at a certain point it's just like they, they get they get lost anyways even when you're you save the passwords in your phone somehow when you go on your laptop it's not saved anymore you don't right. know where to find it you got to right. go into your phone and look for the saved thing and to be honest i get nervous about the saving the passwords on the phone like i don't know like i know these things are high tech i know this this fucking Dude, thing for all you know that's like you're fucking barcode of your existence maybe there's just some higher elite for sure infrastructure that just th this thing's just fucking training us you know yeah for sure just tim. act in a certain way and be a certain way this, this is that what's that guy tim cook right is he the apple guy cook, yeah. tim cook yeah like maybe this is just like do you ever look at your screen time i challenge everyone in the audience to do this look go on if you have an iphone go to screen time for today in your settings just like throughout the week right today i'm already at four hours <laughs> It's only it's only one. It's one. like, and all we've been doing is just it's only one p.m. here, and we've spent four hours. Like uh, some days, man. Some days it's it's scary, bro. It it's just like you're on your phone all eight, day, eight hours, right? Eight Half hours a day, That's, looking at a screen. That's an, an incredible amount of time. It can't be good. Get something can't be good for your eyes. Like people, do you remember back? When, I remember when I was younger, my parents would always tell me, like, you know, most people watch TV like four to seven hours a day. And that was like bad. That's what my parents were yeah. doing all the time. Four to seven hours was like bad watching TV. But a right. lot of people do that. And that's that has been a national pastime for a long time. But now the TV comes around with you and it's in your bed and it's right. in the bathroom and it's on your and restaurants. And it has literally a million channels. And it's <laughs> infinite content, infinite information and YouTube content. is just millions and millions of channels. Millions The of YouTube channels. phenomenon is incredible. I found this guy on YouTube t like recently... It's called, so there's this whole subcategory on YouTube called bushcraft. You know what bushcraft is? Never heard it's of it. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's people who got, go out into the bush, like the wilderness, and they craft things. It's essentially Minecraft in real life. So they go out with like a pocket knife, and they're like, I'm going to go out here for three days and try and survive. And they just wander off into like a local thing. So they just start carving up branches and building exactly. shit. Exactly. Just like starting fires, trying to catch food, see if they can survive for three days. And it was making, because I've been tripping out about this because all the chaos and I'm like, we're, I, I've been cons considerably more worried about like what happens if the grid goes off? Like if there's no electricity, if you don't have hot water or water and electricity, I think most of the U.S. would starve overnight, like over the course of a few weeks. Cause no, no water, no electricity. No electricity. Yeah. So I mean, you could find water. So we have water. Sure. Like, let's, I mean, I know, I, I know a natural creek near my house. Like, I, I could get water from that. If okay. I but let's not talk about that. Let's talk about no electricity. No electricity. But we have but, water. Sure. Water, okay. you're good. But food. And we live in a city where there's a couple million people. I got a million, two million people. Three. Three million people. Three in San Diego proper. So suddenly we have no electricity. I have an electric car. So that, so. You're fucked. <laughs> 
I'm fucked. You got to call I, up your boys. I, I, I basically got to got to use my electric car energy to like get out of the city. Basically, you have to leave the city because sure, panic panic will ensue. Right. Imagine there's like yeah. a, a, a nationwide EMP. The whole grid gets shut down. No one has electricity. That means all communications are off. Yes. Only ham radio works. Right at that point, basically. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't it? have one. <laughs> don't you need a battery for a ham radio? I probably yeah. Okay, maybe a, a crank. Like a, you can. Well, I think, I think this is the whole, like, okay, so don't have electricity. You got those solar panels. So that means all the refrigerated food in San Diego is rotten within a couple days. So we got to eat it. So first thing, first things first, it. we eat all the food. Yeah. Right? That's step one. <laughs> Load up on calories because soon you're going to be hungry. So eat everything you can within the first hour, right? Sure. That's what I would do. Like just start eating. Calorie load. Yeah. <laughs> peanut butter. Just start putting that. Pe- no, peanut butter stays. Just everything in the fridge. Cramming. Everything in the fridge, you'd have to start eating that immediately, right? Okay. Because you, right. you want those calories. Yeah, I mean, right? you, your body is a good calorie storage yes. facility. Load up. Okay, then and what? So then it's just like as time goes on, it's, well, you have to, st- I guess you have to start like linking up solar panels. But the way the grid works, you're not allowed to disconnect from it, really. Like the way it's built into houses. No, but you, we have the portables. One, remember? You gave That's me, true. You gave me the camping like one. That, those would come in handy. For, at least fuck we yeah. Could like, but what are we going to connect to? Like, who are we going to talk to? Not everyone. Very few people have No, them. but just for, like, um, charging your cell phone so you can play. Um, just kidding. So, if, basically, I'm, I'm fairly <clears throat> certain that if the electricity shut off in the U.S., we would not be getting food delivered to our grocery stores anymore. No, for sure, no. And so, people would have to find their own food. And how the fuck do you do that? Well, maybe city. there would be food distribution centers. I think the National Guard would roll in and set up food distribution centers. Yeah, but it would be chaos. It would literally be like... Yeah, for sure. It's, it's the same as if the U.S. was like under attack by bombs. Or so where would you drive to? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. So these bushcraft guys, they they go out into the wilderness and they try and survive. And it's this, it, they, all, they just go with a GoPro. What's their set? What's their, what's their environment? This one guy I was following, he goes to all these Indonesian islands. He lives in Australia. Okay, tropical. And he'll just go on Google Maps and he'll just like zoom in. And be like, that island looks sick. And then okay. find out how to get there. Okay. Whether it's like boat charters or flights or whatever. And That's then, easy, though. You can fish. You can hunt. There's I mean, fruit, sure, it's there's easy, trees. But think about what you do. Like, Try the desert. You spend eight hours a day on our phones. Like, you got to work eight hours a day trying to find food and water. And so that's what you do in these survival environments. You, you're on the beach and you got to, like, find some fish. You got to, like, find coconuts. Be cracking open those coconuts, looking for crabs, and he just like cooks up crabs and seafood. Essentially, he'll like he'll eat, he'll go out and eat a sea cucumber. He'll just swim out and like find some urchins. Yeah. The ocean is quite bountiful when it comes to food, is what I noticed from these things. And uh, <clears throat> it's just I don't know. I don't. I think I could do it n- now after watching like you know five hours of these videos and see seeing some of the basic tactics. Like I saw him start a fire with a, gl- a piece of glass. I was like, oh, that doesn't look so hard. He used the glass as like a magnifying thing, start a fire. Okay, I could do that fishing's a little bit harder i'd be i'd definitely be eating crabs and the snails on the rocks like he was we well, got a gun right but you got nothing bro wait no those guys have nothing but they we're talking we're talking about doomsday no electricity in the united okay, states let's say the government takes our guns and before this happens they can't do second, that second, second, that will never happen taken from us i know you sound, you sound like EMP. okay so, so we, worst case okay, okay think about it like this so we don't have let's, guns. Just, let's just go pre-civilization what happens if there's no civilization? How do you survive? Do you build? A, are you going to build a little house? Well, okay. So when I was younger and I was craving adventure and something unique, because I've always wanted to have a very unique life, right? And I thought about trying to buy an island in the Philippines for forty, like forty thousand dollars. You can get a few. Not bad. Yeah, you can get a few acres, 
Like the Philippines has thousands of islands, just little islands like that are the size of your gym, you know, okay. maybe a little bit bigger. Um, but I was thinking like, yeah, 40, 50,000 and just build a little house, like into the, into the ground. I would, I'd probably like build it into the ground. Right. I so like that, that, so that cause of that, when the storms come, it doesn't blow it over or anything. Sure. And uh, I, man, I put a lot of thought into it and I thought, yeah, just fish and have I a think little farm. Actually, I think you want to build above ground. Why? Like you want to go up rather than down. Well, what about the hurricanes or something? Like typhoons? I guess you need both. You need like a cellar. Out of the basement. You need, a, you need an above ground to get, just be away from like snakes and like critical. Crit- crit- oh, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. So you got to like build it like a couple feet off the ground or like in a tree. You could have both. Yeah. You got time. Anyways, all I'm saying is that most of us don't know how to survive when there's no infrastructure. For sure. 90% of the population is dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. It would be an extinction level event if the electricity goes off. Like there would be a, there would not be enough national guards people to supply all 300 million people with food. Well, look, food can be grown and transported with gasoline, right? Coordination would be impossible. But can the food be grown and transported with electricity? Without electricity? Well, we have solar panels that can charge batteries that can um, uh, power radios, right? So we can communicate with radios. Yeah. So then, they, then we can say, look, we're gonna have a distribution center, and farming can still happen. There's still sunshine and water, so farming can still happen. There's still gasoline, so we can transport. Food. Yeah, it's a little bit of a Mad Max situation, I guess. I just think the, I think the, um, the paranoia, the, the, the people, the yeah. chaos would, would make be, everything. That's, that's the real wild card. People, people start, people start acting wild. You never know what people are gonna do. People, for sure. crazy ass people. But I, what I want to do, I want to go. I want to go try and start a fire in the wild. That's that's probably legal. I want to try. Okay, I won't do it in the wild. You can do it, it in your backyard. backyard. <laughs> yeah, do it in your backyard. Oh, baby steps. I'll start in my backyard. I want to do the. This one. No, you got to make a bow. Yeah, I know that one. But that's uh, what I've noticed is the whole bow thing where you take the bow and with you a wrap string it around once and you go like this. Yes, with the bow, way so easier. It spins it really fast. Yes. I, of all these bushcrafters, none of them do that. Because it's more effort to make the bow than it is to just do this. Because when you're good at this, you can do it in like 20 seconds. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying I can't. I probably can't. But these guys, they just fucking go out. And don't it. you have to split the wood that with the one you're? Yeah, the one you're doing then, that on. They they put it on a little on a, some sort of friction board. Right. Get, and then they and cut it's, a little. It's milk split, in it. right? Yeah, and then you put that over something, and then that somehow creates a coal that you then like flip out out of the wood onto a leaf, and you just gently coax the flame. It's always so interesting to watch someone's hand movements while they're talking. Because it doesn't make any sense. Like if I couldn't hear your words, I would literally have no idea what the fuck you were trying to I'm, communicate I'm a big to me. Body language speaker. Think about how often we use our hands to speak, and how just ir- irrational. I don't know how how inefficient the hand movement actually is. Like I think it's incredibly efficient. There's an entire language around hand movements. Yes, but the hand movements that you and I do while we're verbally communicating, like what I'm doing with you with my hands, I'm just shaking my hands around yeah, and doing shit aggressive. like this. This is stupid. Like yeah, this doesn't mean anything. Stupid, Josh. Like what does this what does this signify to you? Grabbing someone's ball. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what I was we're talking about, <laughs> is it? <laughs> so yeah. It, so let's just like I when I li- live back in Point Loma. I had this obsession with like, oh, I've had this my whole life, being obsessed with natural disasters. I, you probably don't know that. You're an obsessive kind of guy. It's true. <laughs> but you got to be obsessive to get anything done. Natural disasters, huh? It was I, natural, did, I did not know that. Yeah, natural yeah. disasters 
I've been freaked out about natural disasters my whole life because I grew up in Hawaii and we had tsunami alarms every month. Yeah. And that was very traumatizing for me. From Japan, right? The earthquakes in, in Asia. Just that, any, like any, also. Or California they too, yeah. from anywhere. California. Hawaii, like you don't know what angle you're going to get washed over. That's true. Because you guys are in the center of the ring of fire. So literally the entire Pacific is surrounded by volcanoes and yeah. earthquakes. Sure. So I mean, a, a, a big meteor hitting the water would probably wipe out Hawaii. Yeah. The rest of the world would be fine if it was just small enough situation anyways every month they have this siren that goes off and you have to like double check that it's the test siren because the the actual sirens are frequent enough that you have to double check the test sirens because probably once every two years there's a or legit there's warning. a legit like warning but yeah. then nothing happens but it's like there was an earthquake or something happens and uh you have to go up uphill essentially because you're on this big mountain in the, right. of the ocean you go up a certain amount of which island were you on the big island so it's the biggest hill it's the biggest hill okay it's the <laughs> got the biggest peak it, you would be safe on like you could you could survive even probably a super tsunami is that where the observatory is yeah right yeah, that bad that the, the badass observatory yeah mount uh kilauea yeah okay so anyways yeah that always freaked me out so growing up I always I started to obsess about like zombie invasions for a long time, and I was like, "That's what I want to be prepared for is like a zombie outbreak." But that was when I was younger, you know. But then now I'm, I'm more thinking about like realistic stuff, and the the thing that freaks me out the most now is an EMP that wipes out the grid. I think that is the most catastrophic thing that can probably occur. the most likely, I guess, the most likely and the most potentially the mo catastrophic, the most doable, the most realistic for the evil villains of the world. Sure, it's like it's like a, a legitimately good strategy if that's what you wanted to do is take out any the, the grid system which is quickly becoming not a valid strategy not a rational strategy in the game because of battery storage because like of elon because of elon hey. and so that that brings me to my next point my t my second tesla josh oh yeah that's right <laughs> yeah so keenan bought a second tesla not to just not to show off or anything right no but to it, it is an entirely rational purchase that makes sense financially if my presumptions are correct okay let's hear about it, the business model all right so i i you told when as soon as you told me you bought a second tesla i knew for sure you did this to put that car to work you want you want to you want to taxi out that service right the tax sure like the, the, self-driving taxi service or yeah, i mean that's one thing that they're talking about a lot is if they can do the autonomous driving thing, eventually have a robo taxi robo taxi. Right? Okay. Then if you have the Tesla and you bought this full self driving, you, you're supposed to be able to enlist it in their fleet yeah. and make some money. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's actually going to play out how that plays out. But one thing I noticed, Whoa, shit, sorry. earthquake tsunami drill. So, okay, go ahead. Sorry. I'm still very skeptical, skeptical about this. I haven't been able to come to terms with this as a reality. I don't know if I'm just being completely insane or if this is a valid did you, option. Did you buy this? Did you pay for it outright or did you, did you finance I it? I finance. You finance it. Yeah. The first one, the, this only works if you own the first one. Smart man. So I own the other one outright. So my first Tesla is owned. I traded in my charger for it. And then paid some cash to like right. pay off the full thing. So it's right. been owned. And I was like, this is a huge win. I've got this car. I don't have to pay gas on it. All I have to worry about is insurance and maintenance, which is basically non-existent on Tesla. Which right. I haven't had to bring it in for maintenance. I've had it for two years. I mean, what? Zero just maintenance? Turn. Yeah. For two years? Yeah. I mean, what's going to break on it? It's a, it's an electric car. 
there's no brake pads on, or it has brake pads, but it uses regenerative braking. So the brake pads don't even wear out. It just uses electromagnetic it, it field lasts. resistance to like generate a current that charges the battery yeah, yeah. as it's braking. Yeah. So I was thinking like, this is great. Zero cost basically for ownership of this vehicle. I mean, obviously it's not zero because I did pay for it and I used right. another car to pay it off. But it's like you own an asset essentially. But is it really an asset if it's not making money? It's, it's still depreciating. Yes. So I was just super stoked on the technology and Elon and I'm just like a big fanboy, whatever. But so they've got this full self-driving thing, this this license you buy. And it, I think it only applies to the car that you buy it on. Like So this full self-driving license, you can't buy it and then buy a new Tesla and then transfer the full self-driving license to the new Tesla. Oh, you have to buy another one. It's just for the specific it's for car. For that one car. So it only lasts as long as you have the car, I think. Okay. Which I think is kind of like, that sucks. You, you would think that you get to own it, but it's software and this is un, this is untrod territory. Is no this, one's been down this road were, before. So you couldn't buy this license for your current car? I did. I bought, so this it was available for sale when I bought my car for $5,000, but it was almost non-existent. It was just lane keeping. It was just stay in the lane. Okay. And so I was like, I mean, I, I was just, I trust Elon. I think he's going to do it. I'm, I'm going in. I'm buying this thing five grand. So now if you try and buy it, it's 10 grand. The price is raised. It was eight. Was it eight? It was, it was eight like last week. Okay. Two weeks ago. Now it's 10. Now it's 10. Why? It's doubled. Because when I was looking at Tesla's, it was eight. So why do you think it doubled, Josh? Why do you think the price of that full self-driving? Well, obviously it's getting better. It's getting better. Right. So because this license is applied to my car, that means my car's value goes up too, right? So has my car value gone up $5,000 because I bought this full self-driving thing for 5000 If I were to sell my car, would I add that $10,000 price tag onto my yeah. car's price? Yeah. Right. As long as the software is updated. Yeah. I mean, it's still updated. I mean, it, it goes with the car. So if yeah. someone else buys this car, they get my full self-driving license. Okay. So I was, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the full self-driving price the night before it changes. And it's it's eight thousand dollars, and I know my my car I bought it at five thousand dollars, and then now my car has gone up three thousand dollars in value because I bought it at five thousand dollars. Now it's eight thousand dollars, and I'm looking at the new Tesla. I'm like that's eight thousand dollars. Tomorrow it goes up to ten thousand dollars. If I buy this Tesla now, is that two thousand dollars going to be applied to my car? Will it instantly appreciate? Yeah, two thousand dollars worth of value. And so I was I was like, okay, well. I don't want to just buy a new Tesla just to like bank on this potentially having value. But so I found Turo, you know, Turo. I've heard of it. Heard of Turo. I'm not sure. Turo is a car rental app. It's essentially like Airbnb for cars. Yeah. And I was, I was looking at Turo and I started doing some research and I was like, wait a second, how much money can you make from Turo? And it's, it's the average is about 700 bucks a month for renting out your car. 700, 700, which is almost exactly what the loan payment is on a Tesla. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, these cars are like cell phones. Like they're like technology. It's going to be outdated eventually. Right. Right. But there is this weird like wild car component of the, the full self-driving license raising in value over time. Who knows how valuable that will be when it, the car can actually drive itself like legitimately, which it's definitely going in that direction. If anyone doubts that, go and look at full self-driving beta, the recent videos, like in the last week. On YouTube? Beta. And it's it's just, it's gonna do it like it's it's very close. This is a matter of polishing at this point. They have this technology. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, two cars tomorrow. Both these car. If I were to buy both these cars tomorrow, the over the overall value will be a four thousand dollar value increase between the two cars. Yeah. Because it goes up by two thousand for, for, for both cars, cars right? Yeah. yeah. 
And then I'm like, okay, if I can rent this thing out for 700 bucks a month, the current one that I have with no costs except the insurance. Pays for itself. Pays for the second car. Yeah, the second car pays for itself. Yeah. The first car doesn't even have to be rented on tourism. So seven, and, and like San Diego has a fair amount of tourism. Well, that's the thing. So that's the thing. I've been renting it out. Right. And it works. I can easily make $700 a month off this car. So, but is that 700 assuming that this car is working full time? Or is this no. like just on the weekends? Or something I like mean, that? you just rent. I have it listed on Turo and you just leave it open and it's just whoever rents it. I had two people rent it so far for a total of like 500 bucks. So they paid 250 About it. What's yeah. for the day? Couple, four days. Couple days? Five. One, one guy like drove it to Riverside and was like doing some stuff. Were they tourists? I don't, I didn't really ask. I just, you, that's the hardest part about this is to actually just like letting go of your, your car, car. and just yeah. being o- o- okay with people renting it. But insurance covers it if they steal it. Yeah, it's if all they, insured if by they, if they So that's what I'm saying. It's like it almost it's it's almost foolish not to buy a Tesla if it's it's raising in value because of this full self driving. Why didn't you tell me they were going to raise the price, bro? I mean, you just got to pay attention. I don't know if this this plot is going to pay off. I don't know if this full self driving is going to be worth you know, twenty thousand dollars. I've been pondering a Tesla. dollars one day. I've been pondering a Tesla for like six months. There's a lot of uncertainty here on if on what you can actually do with this thing because I suspect that eventually when they have this full self-driving software. You're not going to be able to buy a Tesla because why would they sell it to you if they can just have it drive for them autonomously and they keep all the money? Why would they sell Tesla? You think they would stop selling cars? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think there's a paradigm shift going on where cars are, you won't be able to buy non-self-driving cars. Or you will, but it's, it would be stupid because the cost per car, the cost of an, owning your own car would be so exponentially, so much more expensive than the car rental service of, or the, the, the ride share service of an autonomous vehicle that it's like, it's hard to even wrap your brain around what that future could look like. But I think that's where it's going. Like why, why? You ever seen the minority report? Yeah. And there's all those, all those little pods just kind of flying around yeah, and yeah. you can just like hail a pod. And I think jump that's in real. It. Like that's what's and happening. Like, no one owns the pods, right? Yeah. Like someone owns it, like corporation owns it, but like the people, the people don't own the pods and they, you get in, you sit down and every pod is the same. And right. So if you had, if you pay a, like a couple bucks a day to get to where you need to go for your trip, why not just like rent the Tesla? The test so then the Tesla goes and drives to its charging station, where it then becomes a battery for the grid, essentially. Like wherever the Tesla chargers are, they can be like balancing the grid storage into their cars and recharging them, getting them cleaned, and then they go off and drive and pick someone else up. So. This all comes down to like if you get to be a part of it. So like as te- a Tesla owner, do you get to be a part of this grand scheme of the future? Like do you get to get paid off in any way? Does the car raise in value? I don't know. I, I, I need to get a second car because people in my family need a second car to be able to move around and do things right now. So I was like, okay, this is the perfect time. I need to get a second car. You, had, you had a good reason. It, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. So all this happened at the same time where it's, I'm not just doing it. I have to get a car, a, sec- a second car for the people in my house. Right. And it the optimal time would be to do it in a way that where the buy of the car also results in four thousand dollar value gain. Did you put a down payment on it or just straight just straight finance hundred percent? Down the down payment would be forty five hundred bucks. Okay. Which isn't that bad really no, for this no, car. That's so average. Yeah. Forty five hundred is like, okay, I gotta go you know. I put more down on my Honda. <laughs> yeah. And this is this is this is a vehicle that is not real a normal car. It has this all of these unseen potentialities of like battery storage and self-driving and do you know how to make do you know how to make the car dance only the model x dances only the model x dances i think 
anyways, that's my Tesla scheme. I'm going to use my first Tesla to pay off a second Tesla. So which one did you have the S or the three? Model three. The S is the bigger one. That's like a three. That's like the fancy, like luxury version one. It, it's shaped like the three, but bigger. Kind of. I mean, they're just both sedans. That's what Drysdale has, I think. Yeah, those are nice ones. Yeah. Interesting. And so uh, the other thing is they just recently like extended the range on the Model 3 to like 353 miles. Mine has 285. And so if like if you're going to keep, uh, if just like you, uh, if in the future you have to upgrade your car, like you upgrade your phone, it would make sense to use the previous car to make some money somehow. Like you can't rent out a, an, an iPhone, but you can rent out a car. So it's like this weird like mix between a house and a cell phone as an asset in this vehicle that you can rent on Turo, potentially put it into a ride sharing network one day that Tesla manages and you get a cut up because you are, are, are most of the cars on Turo just regular cars. Like yeah. Gas? Most of them are regular gas cars. There's a few Teslas on there, but, and they, they all go for like a hundred bucks a day. Really? Yeah. Can you set your own price? Yeah. So you can undercut other people. Yeah. What I was doing was just setting it to auto price. And then it just like automatically undercuts everyone. Does it? <laughs> well, yeah, because Turo wants the cars rented. If they can rent all their cars, that's good for them as long as it it, it works out with their expend, expenses, which is insurance, I guess. Only. So where do you meet these people? Do they come to your house? Yeah, you just well, you can just leave the pickup location anywhere. So you can just you drop your it's, car it's off. It's weird for sure. It's not like. But would would they come to your house? Is that an option? Yeah. Come to your house, pick it up. Yeah. That's what I did. Because otherwise, you got to drive somewhere, drop it off, and then someone's got to come pick you up. Right. And so there's all sorts of these these weird little upsell options. Like you can offer delivery, or you can offer like uh, a pre charge where they, they pay more. It's a pretty crazy app. Like I'm surprised more people don't use this app, or it's not more widely known because it's a because a lot of people use Turo. They rent out cars on Turo just so they can drive for Uber. So they actually rent out a car on Turo for like sixty five bucks a day, and then make two hundred bucks a day doing Uber. And then they return the car when they're done Ubering for that week. So if you have a little bit of money and you don't have a car, but you need to make money, you can rent a car on Turo. I know a guy who needs the, money and you, doesn't have a car. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell him to do this. He, so he he rents a car on Turo yeah. and then Ubers all weekend. And the, here's the trick. Rent a Tesla on Turo so you don't have to pay gas. Yeah. And then you just get, you just pay for, you rent a Tesla. They're like 60 to hundred bucks on Turo. For the, per day. Per day. So you got to, you got to at least be able to Uber that in one day. Yeah. You got to hustle. Which I think is reason. I think that's realistic. I think I, people I can no, do that. I Especially because no Uber doesn't pay your gas. Right. If you drive for Uber, they won't reimburse you gas. So just on gas savings alone, the car might be paying for itself because you drive a lot if you're Ubering. Right. You might, you might spend 30 to what? 20 to 30 bucks a day on. I wish I could. High. I wish I could lease out my jujitsu skills. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I just think the world's changing very fast. I thought, I thought we'd have to throw a jiu-jitsu in there at some point. To well, make, it is a jiu-jitsu episode. I mean, if you're a jiu-jitsu, if you're a jiu-jitsu guy who doesn't know how to make money. Which is pretty much a lot of them. Uber is probably the <laughs> best job for you. If you can get, an, if you can Bro, get on Uber or Postmates or something. All the best jiu-jitsu guys are Uber drivers and Postmates drivers and Uber Eats drivers. Really? <laughs> so many of them. <laughs> Is that what guys at Autos are doing? So many of them. Yeah, so it, many. It's just it's so convenient. It's, I, it's just like you you can make your own hours. You just drive around and chill, I guess. Right. Because like, that, that way you can train whenever you want. And then when you're not training, you're driving. So, Right. That's what Jacob does here. And he, he just does it when he needs money. Because right. he's sponsored by the Fighter House. He lives in the house. Yeah, the Fighter's Choice Fighter's House. So he doesn't have to pay rent. Just food money. Just food money. That's it. Which yeah. he like. Easy. He drives on weekends. And that's he, probably, he probably does Uber Eats and he just like nibbles on the food a little bit. 
imagine how many how many people don't pick up their order or the order gets canceled and you're stuck with the food. You probably can get quite a few. You think that's meals. ever happened? Do you think an Uber Eats driver has ever For taken sure. taken some nibbles out of your of meal? Well, no, no. Now <laughs> depends on the packaging. The, uh, depends yeah, now, on the packaging. Now they have like the tamper-proof <laughs> tape that goes across the bag, so it's like if this has been broken, don't eat. All they need to do is get a hold of the tape. <laughs> Make like an incision on the side of the bag and then glue it shut. After you like get in there. <laughs> I bet. I don't have, dude, I, there's been so many like I'm sure that they the food is just left constantly by people who order it. Left? Yeah, they just don't pick it up or they order it and they cancel the order and you're stuck. With oh, the for sure. So much. I'm sure for that happens sure. all the time. For sure. Anyways, I think it's a, a fantastic way for young dudes who don't have any skills besides jujitsu to just make a little bit of money. And for people who own a Tesla, I suggest putting them. Well, probably what I would what I was thinking about. Um, I've always wanted a little a, a moped, like a Vespa, mm-hmm. like just a badass little moped. And I think, man, if I had one, I could just I could turtle my car. And it's like I don't really go anywhere. Everything, everywhere I need to go is about two miles from my house. That's what I'm saying. Anyone Autos, with a, like anyone with a car, when you only use it for two hours a day or yeah. less, there's you know 22 hours of the day the car's not being used. Put it to work. Put it to work. And there's this app now that exists. The the wonders of Silicon Valley. This episode is sponsored by Turo. Just I kidding. Mean, it's incredible. It's a, that's, that's like what the future holds is all of these different weird platforms creating new markets for people. Like that's what value is, is you're providing value to the public. Like you're providing, you're, you're creating an economic stability in a way, no matter what you create, whether it's jujitsu or a car app, you're trying to improve society would, in some way. If you could lease out your jujitsu, would you? Like I just suck at jujitsu for that day. Like, yeah, like someone, like takes, someone takes your jiu-jitsu skills for the day. They're going to pay you a certain amount of money. Maybe they have a competition or something, right? And it's like they get to they get to lease your jiu-jitsu for four hours. Yes, your jiu-jitsu sucks for those four hours. You cannot do jiu-jitsu. And they get to take your skills, but they're stuck with their own body type. They can't. They don't get to change the body type. They don't get keen and flexibility. I mean, maybe you can do this with like you don't get, link one day. When you don't you get, upload your consciousness. You don't get the power of, of someone's physical. So, you know? I, so I have my consciousness uploaded into Neuralink and then you have your Neuralink and I'm just like hey Josh I mean I can send you over my jujitsu skills for the day if you want but I'm going to set a little timer on it so after four yeah. hours I'm going to give it back and you got to pay me I'll be like Keenan I got to do this gotta I got to do this D competition it's going to be 30 bucks bro that's, a, that's a deal I'll take it four hours fuck yeah I would pay, <laughs> I would pay that yeah to have some Keenan lapel wizardry I know I know this shit I just don't know it fast enough you know what I mean like I know the stuff, but I gotta like go real slow and think yeah. about it, and like I gotta like remember, like oh shit, you yeah. know. And then like I mean, you can go to ADCC and borrow some of, some guillotine skills. That's what I've I've learned from from starting different businesses now is like you gotta get close to that microphone. I started to understand value more. Like value really just means helping people. Yes. Right? Well, any successful business has somehow solved a problem that society yes. has. Yes. Right, gyms. Society has a problem with obesity. Gyms trying to solve that problem. Yeah, it's like happiness too. It's like if you're exercised, you're happier. If you're happier, you're gonna do be nicer in, right. in the world. So it's like exercise actually makes the world a better place. So the this professor I used to work with when I was in grad school, he he did a paper on uh, philanthropy and entrepreneurs and how is it different? And it's really not. That's the that's the, they're they are different, right? Because one is like your charity, you're doing it for free to help. But that's what entrepreneurship is, right? You're helping people with their problems. Like, I'm a jiu-jitsu entrepreneur. I travel around. I teach people jiu-jitsu. I, I try to, I'm giving them something to make their lives better to solve a problem that they have. Maybe their jiu-jitsu sucks or 
maybe they don't know how to hold someone's head long enough. Okay, so where does music fit into this? How does music? Well, it's a it's, are musicians entrepreneurs for creating music? Yeah, it's it's what is music? Why do people listen to music? It's the most powerful stimulant I think anyone can really take. Like music can impact your mood tremendously. Yeah. So people, when they're sad, they need music. Sure. It's like so, an antidepressant. That's, so that's what I'm saying. Is it's it's almost the you're, problem solving is like you're contributing value to the environment you're creating. With so the then, music. what happens with these? So are we seeing with like Facebook and social media? They did a really good job, and it was making people a lot happier. And then there's this unforeseen psychological component that is just throwing the whole. And now it just makes people. Less and now happy. there's a problem, right? Yeah. So now social media is a problem. It solved a lot of problems with but communication. It created a new problem. But it created new problems. It's it's a electronic device addiction. Yeah. You know, and that's that's why. It's, but not just that, but like cultural problems. Yeah, sure. That's it's creating these subsects of beliefs. Well, all these different little spheres of understanding that are not. They the, just don't reconcile. Maybe this is a good time to plug my friends at BJJ Link. <laughs> Okay. The only jujitsu only social network in the world. And yes, you, I said that on purpose, like that. The only jujitsu only. Uh, you know what I mean? So if you're right. sick of like some Christian mingle, but for jujitsu, <laughs> <laughs> or East East find East or East only or something like that. I don't know. The rest of that. There's like an East only app for people like for Asians only. Yeah, East Asians who won't want to find East Asians. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it, in a lot of Asian families, it's very important that. You keep it in the family with really? the, like the, the cultural family you know yeah i know because bjj link I've, i personally have not used bjj link yet well you should check it out because they're always adding Where new features <laughs> um well it's on the app store oh sweet yeah well and then they just um they just they're always adding new features that complement and enhance your game like training a training journal for example and uh they have a full library of videos and with techniques and the highlights and um, they have a lineage tree wow. so you can verify people's bullshit belts, you know, right? <laughs> is there, is there a lineage out there you want to talk shit on right now real quick? I mean, real I, quick. yeah, all of, no, I just kidding. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You almost, you almost tricked me. I almost did it. <laughs> I was gonna do it. That fucking yeah. Maeda guy, he's fucking he's bullshit. Anyone who's under that Maeda guy sucks. Where's the book? Where's Drysdale's book? book? Yeah, we should probably plug yeah, Drysdale's yeah, book too. Book. I think I, I think it's right here. Oh. No, but look, I will say this. If you if you like the reason we use social media for jujitsu, before we get into this book. Yeah, just hand it to me. I want to do the book talk. The reason we we use social media for jujitsu is because we want to make connections with other jujitsu people, right? True or false? True. Am I right? You're right. And you got, we have Facebook, and we got to deal with all of our fucking family members that we don't want to talk to, right? But you can't unfriend them because they're your family members, right? Like, fucking Aunt Bertha is going to get super pissed off if you unfriend her, even though you have, like, opposite political opinions, and, and she writes a bunch of shit that pisses you off. Like, you really can't unfriend your aunt without pissing off your rest of your family. So, BJJ Link is a good place to go if you want to just hang out. Sure. <laughs> hang out with jujitsu people. Yeah. And um, they just added a new feature, which I have to. Another one. Yeah, it is. Um, it's for gym owners, and uh, there's a there's a gym management platform specifically built just for jujitsu gyms, and it has everything everyone needs to manage members, make payments, instructor schedules, curriculums, inventory management, and so much more. They're really getting after it. So, 
if you guys want to of course this is like a service that you have to pay for obviously if you're doing like a it's not free well bro if you're if you're doing like member management and payment collection obviously it's like those are services that cost money so if you are interested in looking into this definitely use mapburn to get a free month of these this service and um i'm creating my bjj linked account right now you were supposed to do this like many months ago when this is my fifth when, account when we they first uh sponsored our podcast anyways i want to give my big shout out so thank you bjj link for supporting the podcast i know we've been kind of mia but we're back we're back for now, <laughs> for now. Key, keyword for now um no i think i think uh the winter months are, are going to be kind of cold and gloomy so we're going to want to be indoors more and maybe we'll bang out some more podcasts we were actually supposed to get barbosa in here let me tell you guys about Lucas Barbosa. Hold on, before you do, I want to talk about this because Drysdale. Okay, yeah. very good. Shout out for Drysdale. Robert Drysdale wrote this book. It was called Opening. Bro, you cannot put the book over your face when you're talking about it. Your book is more important than my face. Okay, let. It's called Opening the Closed Guard. Opening Closed Guard, not the Closed Guard. Sorry. Opening Closed Guard, and what this book is about are the origins of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And so you guys have been hearing me talk about the origins of Jiu Jitsu and American Jiu Jitsu. The different. Uh, no, you got to get closer to the microphone, bro. Oh yeah, you right. can't. You can't they hear can't that. Hear, right, you're right. I, that's what I, I see. What you're saying now. So, you've heard me talk about the different paths that jujitsu has made it into America. Yeah, and you're, you were on a little jujitsu history kick for for a minute there. Well, yeah, because it, it's there's a there's a misunderstood history of what jujitsu is and how it actually was created. Right, and that that history was largely perpetuated by the Gracie family, which is fine. History is, history is written by the winners, bro. Well, I mean... <laughs> the Gracies are winners. Much. They didn't win all that they much. They win a lot. In, so, yeah, this this talks about, like, you can see on the cover, all of these different people. All of these different people were very significant in how jujitsu actually made it into the world today, as it is today. And this has an incredible story, just mainly focusing on Japanese jujitsu and then how it was then kind of in, encapsulated by the term Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Right. How it came to that and how, how we, most people in the U.S. and in Brazil think that Jiu-Jitsu was kind of created in Brazil. That is not the case, and this kind of documents the true history of Jiu-Jitsu, or at least as, we, as well as we know it currently. And Drysdale did a fantastic job actually like interviewing the people who are still alive in this. And I'm pretty sure he spent years on this. It, he did. He spent yeah. like three or four years yeah. on this. And so he traveled the world to do it. It's a bunch of interviews. It's a bunch of documentation. It's a bunch of history. I think, I think I might be a wrong. Must read. I might be wrong. I think the ACB guys helped him with this. They helped, helped uh, fund or sponsor the, the project. But actually I think also this is linked um, to his master's degree. You know, Drysdale has a master's degree in history. And he wrote his master's thesis on the history of jujitsu. And I think a lot of the information uh, he collected during that time is involved in this book. Yeah. Well, it's fantastic. As you can, I'm looking in here and it's all sorts of recorded interviews with all of these people asking them specific questions. Like one, can you imagine BJJ today without the Gracie family? This is with uh, Kira Gracie. Then there was one in here with like Flavio Baring. 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 Anyways. It's, it's old school. I think it's a coral belt, huh? It's just really incredible. There's a lot of like, as you may have seen if you've been on the internet lately, 
a lot of what you see today is not necessarily how it actually happened in history. Things have been changed and warped, and there's just a lot of random, weird, unsubstantiated and information without context. And this does a great job of, kind see of that compiling book. it all. I have a question. Flip that camera over to me. How did Drysdale decide whose face gets cut off and whose face doesn't get cut off? You know, like who are these who are these dudes down here on the bottom? No one knows. No one's ever gonna. And how their face get cut? Why their faces get cut off? And who and who are these two dudes up here? They got chopped up too. It looks really interesting, actually. And um, actually, Drysdale messaged me like three weeks, three or four weeks ago. He's like, "Hey, did you get your book?" And I'm like, "No, where is it?" And he's like, oh, "I sent it to Keenan like a month ago." Yeah, I have your book. You just haven't been here. So you had your little run in at my gym. I got it. You weren't allowed to come back for a while. I finally got it. Yeah, I got kicked. I got. <laughs> I was suspended from Legion. <laughs> <laughs> Josh because get himself in trouble. I'm I'm a I'm an abrasive human being, and I like to cut. I cut, I don't have a filter. That's my problem. I don't have a filter and I like to speak my emotions. And sometimes, sometimes I hurt. Emotions are unpredictable. Sometimes I hurt people's feelings and, uh, you know, I don't intend on that. I, to be honest, I'm trying my best to be a good friend by just being as honest as fuck. <laughs> if I hate you, I'm just going to tell you I hate you. If you smell bad. Probably not your friend. Bro, well, you just don't have a lot of friends if you keep doing that. Well, forever, look, I, guess. I was traveling recently and, um, there was a, a a very attractive young lady that I met in my travels, and uh, we were you know we were just drinking coffee and hanging out, and and I could smell her coffee breath. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you know that you smell? Drinking coffee. You know what I you know what I mean? But didn't you have the same no no it was breath? it was like after it was after oh. yeah after we had finished the coffee and she she drinks black coffee I always put a lot of cream and sugar in mine because obviously I'm a girl and uh, she's drinking the black coffee you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just had to let her know. I was like, hey, just FYI, you should probably chew some gum because you've got some pretty stinky coffee breath right now. <laughs> she wasn't offended, but but it was. Well, that's worse than offended. She can't be offended over that. You just have to have your ego I'm crushed. Just, I'm just being honest. Momentarily. I'm just being honest. I'm just helping her out because, you know, maybe. For, for who? It's just you and her. Well, I don't know. She, I mean, she maybe she's going to go meet someone later. I don't know what she was doing. Like We were just hanging out for a minute. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I, if anything, I she, I'd have the balls to do that. I think she should thank me. Oh, I just didn't care. Like what? She's going to, she's going to get mad. Cause I'm trying to help her out. Sure. It's like when you're training with someone and they stink, you got to tell them they stink. Yeah. You have to guys. I actually, I, I've been, I've been meaning to get on this, this uh, BJJ uh, hygiene conversation again, because I feel like some of y'all have been slipping and I don't use the word y'all very often, but I just did. And uh, it's, that's, it's, it's, you know what it is? It's the lockdowns. People were getting used to not showering for <laughs> day or two, three days. They've just been in their house and they just forgot that they have to go back to you actually know, being clean. This is a pandemic era. We need, hygiene is paramount, paramount. Okay. And yet I still travel to academies where people think it's cool to walk off the mat barefoot. And here's an example. Um, I won't mention where or when, but uh, within the past three months or so, I was at an academy and you know how the big bay doors in the back, those are called bay doors, right? Every academy has these for some reason, right? Every academy has places with them because it's the only way to get airflow. Right. So, and the mat always goes up to right to the edge of the bay door. And for some reason, people think it's cool to walk outside onto the asphalt barefoot. And asphalt is probably the dirtiest fucking ground that you can pop Metal You'd be there. better off walking in dirt. You think dirt's natural. Asphalt is just disgusting tire scum and bird shit. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Probably there's not a lot of bacteria on it because it's like hot and melting them all. Maybe. But still, I maybe. Agree. You shouldn't be 
But it's disgusting, bro. Yeah. It's disgusting. This, and I watched someone walk out, on, and it was a student. and But I saw the instructor do it too. And um, maybe not all the way out to the asphalt, but like walking around barefoot. And um, you just can't do that. You cannot, you cannot walk off the mat barefoot outside onto the asphalt, walk around, do whatever you're doing, and then walk back in on the mat. You're yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah, it's crazy because you would think people would know this. But it, I think people are just so unfamiliar with not having shoes on their feet that once the shoes come off their feet, they don't know what to do, and they just can't like these. The same person who takes their who walks off the mat without shoes on is the same person who wouldn't dare walk outside barefoot without shoes. You right. Know? Like they're not going to leave their house without shoes. They're not going to walk to like Seven Eleven without shoes. Right. They're not going to take their shoes off in the middle of a hike, but for some reason. When your shoes are off, it's inconvenient to put them back on to like step off the mat for a few seconds, but it's like the floor is still dirty. It's a hundred percent inconvenient. That's why you got to wear Javianas. Yeah. Like that's the official flip flop of jujitsu. Bunch of flip flops. Yeah, gonna do that. So I, I'm gonna put like more flip right. flops. So look, the problem is people steal them. Perfect example. So guys, look, flip that camera. Flip the camera. Oh, yeah. So Keenan has like a thousand of these just kind of floating around the gym floor. Not this one specifically. People still won't put them on their. <laughs> and i think that, that's a great idea like academy owners like consider maybe just buying some of these cheap ass flip-flops and leave i actually the viana brothers in chicago my good friends let's give them a shout out real quick to the viana bros in chicago um they have a, a big basket of flip-flops that when you walk into the academy you take your shoes off immediately just when you walk in the door and then you immediately you put them in a cubby and you put on these flip-flops i think it's a great idea that, that, I mean, that, I learned that from Japan. That's what people do in Japan. Great idea. Gyms. They have, uh, well, they, in Japan, it's in every bathroom. Every public bathroom, basically, has a bunch of these shoes. It's, maybe, maybe it's only in the gymnasiums. But in gymnasiums in Japan, if you go to a venue for a competition, you have to take your shoes off at the door of the venue, not like at the main Yeah, room. okay. There are no shoes allowed in the building at all. And once you're in there, everyone's barefoot. And so, and then if you go to the bathroom, you're still barefoot as you walk to the bathroom. But then when you get in the bathroom, there's shoes. More flip-flops. And you put the flip-flops on as you go into the bathroom, which is like, yeah. create some other hygiene issues maybe, like multiple people wearing the same shoes and you're like in the urinal and people are like peeing on the shoes maybe. Who knows? Mm, yeah, I wouldn't put that beyond anyone. But I mean, they should, but, I'm sure they're sterilized at some point. But in, in the gyms as well, they do the same thing in the jiu-jitsu gyms there. You take your shoes off at the door and yeah. you put them in like shoe cubbies. Car- Carpe Diem does this in Tokyo. Yeah, they all do it. And yeah. then you put on these flip-flops or these like sandals. They're not flip-flops. Yeah, whatever they're called, thongs, whatever you're gonna call them. Because if you're walking around with your shoes on the like with the wooden floor of the gym, and then you step off the mat with your bare feet onto that same floor, essentially you're just you're putting your feet on the same surface as the bottom of a shoe. Like germs are sticky; they stick yeah. to things, you know. Um, Anyways, the point is, Keenan. Okay. Before you go, I'm ready to get just change subject and just I know. get off this. I'm don't, tired. Don't do it yet. Okay. Um. When people stink, you got to tell them they stink. You cannot yeah. be afraid to offend them. I'm still I'm afraid to do that, even as the gym owner here. But I haven't encountered anyone that stinks. But I think if I did, I wouldn't know what to say. Well, and you're still trying to build your memberships. You know, like once you once you've maxed out your members, and then, then I, you can and start. Then I'm trying to like trim the fat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can start being a dick about it. You'd be like, hey, you stinky boy, you got to go. Once we're at peak capacity, it gets. Galvao was pretty pretty forward about it. You know, like that's why and that's why he said he wanted the white gee policy so he could see which geese are kind of stink and which ones aren't. Yeah. And if a gi is looking kind of yellow or gray and dingy, he'll literally just say when we're all shaking hands at the end, he'll be like, change your gi. You, change your gi. Don't bring this gi back. Like, yeah. So guys, don't be afraid to offend anyone, man. If someone's stinky, tell them they're stinky. Like, you don't have to be a, a dick about it. Just be like, yo, you kind of smell right now. Like, it's all right. 
It happens. It's happened to all of us. I'm sure I'm, I've been the stinky kid once. You've de- I've definitely had my nose in your armpit and it smelled bad. It's definitely happened. I mean, if you get all the way in there, what do you expect? Sometimes because I'm a grinder. I like, to, I, like to, I like to pass on my head down. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you want from me? You know, one, th- one thing that's a deceptive about training a lot is when we train a lot, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll shower like three times a day. Yeah. I'll like train. I'll, sometimes I'll For shower sure. in the morning. Yeah. Go wait. train, shower again. Of course. Go train again, shower again. That's three, l- three times. That's my daily routine. And so I, I developed a habit of not wearing deodorant because I was showering. You don't so need much, to. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm literally showering three times a day, sweating constantly, right. like cleaning my body out with this sweat and yeah. like the, the exfoliation of the ghee. Sometimes my skin gets really nice when I'm training a lot because my skin has just been exfoliated by every ghee yeah. sandpapering across my face and I'm showering so I'm extra clean. Right. But then the problem with that is the COVID problem where it's like, wait, if you stop training and you stop showering three times a day, you do have to wear deodorant. And there have been times that I have forgotten that because right. I have stopped training as consistently. And then, yeah. So sorry you had to experience it. That's okay. I apologize. That's um, okay. What, I just want to say you are... One of the highest selling, performing, and selling Jiu-Jitsu X instructors because you have three instructionals, and I told everyone this: like, if you want to get in the instructional game, you got to cast a wide net. Yeah, you don't you don't focus on one thing and say that's your instructional. You got to do a lot of them, and so you have the Hinger Teen, yes, which is called the Hinger Games on Jiu-Jitsu X, which is just going up for sale recently. Then you had the Singles After Thirty, which is the best-selling instructional on the website i think is, is for, it for, by quantity yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, a, well, it's, it's cheaper it's though cheaper, too right it's cheaper and then you had monoplata magnus which it it's in the gi you know yeah. people are not as interested as your right. gi game but still that's the point of having a wide net so if and some people were making fun of josh recently in the in the jiu-jitsu world what, that that angry little bitch and but the, the thing, on the the East thing Coast? that he doesn't know about that is josh is actually selling a lot of instructionals and so if you haven't seen josh's instructional on jiu-jitsu x which is right here yeah, yeah. Josh has some great instructions on there, as well as many other fantastic athletes. I'm not a terrible instructor, I hear. You are a fantastic instructor. Thanks. There's tons of good reviews. Art, being articulate is a huge part of the... Are those in the reviews? I haven't seen the reviews. I haven't specifically combed over your reviews, but, I mean, that is one thing that is kind of uniform. Is I probably never will, but... The, uh, yeah, articulation I trust. I trust you'll give me the so, feedback. So, jujitsux.com, that's... The new, th- the new thing we're working on, Josh has been doing well on there. We have a ton more things to come. Um, so make sure to check out jujitsux.com. Pick up some of Josh's and I's instructionals and everyone else who's on there. There's, they're all good instructor, instructors. I, I died of laughter when, when that little little man out there was hating. And I, I was literally sitting on a beach in Cabo. And I can just imagine him in like the cold ass like upper, what's that, northeast? Just just angry and bitter. Just like, and I'm like. I think a lot just, of people are moving out of New York now too. Just, I'm just enjoying, I was just Everyone's enjoying my day on the beach of Cabo. And it's just so nice to know that he's thinking about me always. And, yeah, I, I'm, and, I'm and, I, and how we how we never think about him. Except right now. <laughs> nah, but it's yeah. funny. Yeah, it is funny. Anyways, I uh, Lucas was on there as well. Lucas is on there. Oh, the reason Hulk Lucas, stands. yeah, the reason Lucas, he was going to join us on this episode today. It's probably good that he didn't because I don't think he would fit in here. But um, he's uh, doing some pad work, doing some some uh, some boxing for his inevitable MMA debut. He's going to do MMA. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's a good MMA fighter, man. Oh, I think he'll be phenomenal. I think he, I mean he's done some before. He's he doesn't he's not even new to it. It's not his MMA debut. I think it's just his pro debut. But um, yeah, I think the Hulk is going to be a phenomenal fighter because his wrestling is 
phenomenal. His conditioning is phenomenal. Uh, his jujitsu obviously is unstoppable. And all, all he's got to work on is those hands. And if he can get his hands down, or at least just figure out how to take people down without getting beat up, I think I think he'll be unstoppable, dude. And I think he would probably have to fight one seventy, right? Yeah, I guess he's What's about up? he's about one ninety two hundred pounds right and now. MMA career is like fuck. You got to do MMA now. I just I, I I just I wouldn't want to deal with the weight cutting, man. I just wouldn't want to deal with that. Like I've had I've had a life of of cutting weight, and I just hate it so much. I don't think I could ever get myself to do a weight cut ever again. I think I'm so done with it. So guys, here's Jujutsu X. You can see a lot of my courses are on here. These who's, are all- whose head is that on my plate? Uh, is that Edwin? It does look like Edwin. No, it's not. It was just a random head, I think. Someone said it looked like, like Edwin. And I was like, it looks like a 40-year-old Edwin. <laughs> no, I think it was a UFC fighter, actually. Was it? I, that's what, I feel like I know the name. Anyways, here's, here's jujitsux.com. You can see all of the great instructors here. We got them all. There's a lot of good ones, man. Everyone available. We have many more coming. JT's coming out. Is he? JT's going to do an instructional nice. with us. We've been in talk. Paul man, Meow. JT's a phenomenal instructor. He doesn't knock. I don't That's what know. I'm saying. That's why I want to. I want to. I'd want to get him out because he he's never got enough credit for how good he is. I feel like I, he should get more. We did a joint seminar a couple months ago, and he was showing us the knee cut, both gi and no gi. And man, I learned so much. I learned so much from that just that one little seminar. Like JT taught me so much about passing in my life and. He's always been one of my true senseis. He just he's easily the most talented, just very busy American he's just like, grappler. He's just like in his own world, though. <laughs> I don't know what that guy does all day. I wish I knew. I think I think his uh, well, you know, New I York, mean, he's teaching and doing all this stuff. New York's having a problem still. Yeah, his business is is. Uh, I saw took him. a real kick to the nuts. Yeah, the jujitsu ju- 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 gyms in New York are really struggling. Because you, you're not allowed to open, except with like these crazy, very very strict. That's what's so wild uh, in in San Diego. We've been allowed to open since May. Yeah, we'd never really had a problem here in COVID. Never had a COVID weird, problem. Everyone ever on the news is saying like California is the worst, the worst. San Diego's been pretty. No, it was city more. Than yeah, that. it was like LA. LA had a problem in the, in the Bay Area. Yeah, get on that mic, dude. You're not on that mic. Yeah. We got to get going though. So, is there anything else you want to say? Well, I would just like to give one last shout out to our official sponsor, the BJJ Link. If you guys want to avoid the toxicity of Facebook, but still connect with your jujitsu friends, you can do it on BJJ Link. I'm on there. Keenan's on there now. And uh, if you guys want to shoot us a couple of messages on BJJ Link, I will happily respond. If you Make message- sure you're not part of some filthy lineage as well. <laughs> Be, like that Maeda lineage. <laughs> make, sure to, make sure your lineage isn't absolutely I'm just defiled. Kidding. I'm kidding about Maeda, and I'm sure someone's trying to take it seriously, but no, obviously. I'm no, we're just joking. Not. I think lineage is a, a stupid idea in the first place. Like, do you really think that, that that knowledge from the guy four generations ago has somehow been passed down to you at right. this point? Like, you're not doing the same moves he was right. doing. I promise right. you. You're not learning the same <laughs> systems. It's completely... It, Negligible. Just because your great, 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 great jujitsu grandfather was really good doesn't mean you are. <laughs> and the thing is, they probably weren't that good. I mean, oh, don't, don't, don't even go down that go down road. That road you're again. start pissing off everybody. I don't know how to tell people this, but if you're an Olympic athlete from 50 years ago, you're not as good as the Olympic athlete of today. That's just how it works. I don't know why people, <laughs> that was such a big thing for I, people to understand. I know. But it's all good. Yeah. Hey, I was a uh, shout out to the um, CBD distillery too. I love, I love the CBD distillery. If you guys want 10% off, you can use my code Josh 10, Josh 10 for 10% off yep. CBD distillery. And it, of course my, my sponsors as well, Hyperfly and the fighter's choice 
Fighters House, big big fans of those guys because they're actually helping the people here. Is Fighters Choice a, a direct competitor to uh, Fighters Market? No, no. Are Fighter, they different? Fighters Choice is a supplement brand. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought they like sold a whole. Okay, never mind. I mean, they sell some other stuff too. You know, basic merchandise, but they're mainly a supplement brand. But they have big. They, their vision is to like actually help the jujitsu community and the people in it, as far as like the athletes. When yeah. I say because ju- when I say jujitsu community, I mean usually the athletes yeah. more than like the hobbyist people, right? Because I, I know those. Are well, really they don't great. need support because they got real jobs. Yeah, they have real. Jobs. <laughs> so we're trying to support the people that kind of fuel the jujitsu industry, but don't have jobs and they're yeah. trying to make money with jujitsu, which is why I started Jujitsu X too to try and help pe- use use my understanding of the internet and selling instructionals to help other people do. Yeah. I mean, guys, if you can um, maybe help out some of the jiu-jitsu entrepreneurs, you know, that you like, you know, can't help out everyone, obviously. But if you if you like someone or you like uh, like their style, their flair, you know, they're probably hurting right now during the pan the pandemic. The, I think that's that's a lot of jiu-jitsu. It's like you just support the people that you're into. And, yeah. The Corona apocalypse kicked a lot of us in the nuts. And, uh, you know, although I think everyone's probably a little surprised at how fast most of it came back it's cultish man jiu-jitsu is cultish that's it's, of course you can't literally jiu-jitsu will never stop it does not matter how strict they try to get people are going to have little Train. fight clubs in their basement it's yeah, going to happen it's going to happen it's like the prohibition you can't really get you rid can't of it. stop alcohol consumption you can't stop jiu-jitsu period it's just it's going to go underground it's going to go underground i'm sorry and into, into garages you know they're going to i mean i don't think we're going to experience another this is actually that i don't, don't want to get hyper political but i just want to throw this out there just to we can end on some political just stuff. to i just want to raise someone's if, heart if rate. someone gets angry about political stuff at the end of the podcast you're you just stayed too long i just want to i just want to raise someone's Let's heart go. rate this is the, the big argument for um to per, it's, it's an argument against banning abortion is because abortions will not stop if they if they were to well, ba- yeah, if they ban how, all abortions, became, it's going to go underground. That's why it became legal because so many women were dying. They're still going to do it. There's it's there's a sad story, issue. but it's it's going to be done. It's going to get done. There's so. a great podcast on this subject on this, the Sam Harris podcast. He, I think her name was Catherine. I forgot her last name, but she goes really into depth on the topic of abortion, and it was incredibly enlightening because basically the point she makes is both sides have a very good argument. Yeah, oh, for sure they do. For sure. And, like, and I'm not and I'm not I'm not trying to take a side. I'm not even trying to give you guys my side. Yeah, you can't have a side in it. I'm not even telling you that I have this a side. If you picked a side in the, those kind of arguments, you haven't done the research because right. You can't, the the reason they're so contested is because both sides have amazing points. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't say amazing. But they both they have they, they both have I wouldn't say they're points. amazing. They're amazing. They're good. They're points enough important. to be like these are important considerations. Realist like you both have very good points. Yes. I think that that makes it but amazing. I the word amazing is, <laughs> come on. What? There's nothing amazing about abortions no, or even the no, abortion so debate. Like, so, no, the, the points that people make in any of these highly contested debates, it's the reason a, they're highly contested is because both sides have really good points. Yeah. And they make a lot of sense. I wouldn't call it amazing, though. Just a, I mean, we're talking about points. We're not, talking, we're not saying abortion. I know. I'm just saying. That the points are amazing. It's just a weird word to use. <laughs> Guys, also Hyperfly is dropping. Not Hyperfly. Oh, did I just say Hyperfly? Fuck me, because I'm looking at your shirt. (laughs) It says Hyperfly. (laughs) Kick myself in the nuts. Um, The Tommy's dropping a whole new line. I'm gonna do a photo shoot with my man Bonnie next week, and uh, they got a whole new line of uh, of lifestyle wear. Super cool stuff, and uh, you'll see that soon. So, if you want to jump on to Tommy um, on the website, you can use Hinger BJJ for fifteen percent off. Great. That's all. Guys, who do you who do you think is going to win the election? <laughs> I'm still rooting for the Green Party. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
party. We don't have a, that's a problem. We don't have a third party. There are third, there's but, seven parties. But they don't do just, anything. You just never how, heard of them. How come they're not allowed in? Not allowed to play the game. Because they don't have enough votes. Yeah, actually, they, actually, the Libertarian Party made an argument that they do have 1% of the, of the vote, and they did get 1%. Um, and that, I think, qualifies her for um, to be included on the... I say, I say her because it was Joe Jorgensen. Um, but she should have been included on the debates. I think she's on every ballot for every state. Once you have 1%. Right. That's pretty cool. Anyways. I think, I think we're going to experience some crazy shit as the, this goes into like legit legislature and like court battles. I'm not, I'm not opposed to a split government. What's that mean? It means like Congress is one party and the presidency is another. Um, it, it, I, I think they need to keep each other in check. I think if one of them was in control of everything, things can get very out of hand. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle, man. Like, you know, I, I, I'm an entrepreneur, so I, I can lean towards Republican policies, but I have, I've, you know, but I care about the planet. I care about a lot of the liberal, um, pol- think, pol- and that's the thing. Anyone, anyone who makes some money is going to slightly lean against taxes. Of course. And then probably. Of course. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I side with both parties and, and depending on the topic. Yeah. I, I like, I want small federal government. Um, you know, um, but let's not talk about you and me and our personal opinions, but do you think that it's going to get crazy and it's going to go to like Supreme Court for who ends up being the president? Do you think uh, it's going to, do you I think it's already decided? I don't think it'll go to the Supreme Court. No. You don't? No. Okay. Would it? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't, so I don't know. I think lot, that's, the th- that's the thing. There's a lot of people that seem very confident that it's one way already, but then there's a lot of lawsuits being filed at the same time. Uh, who knows? It's yeah, very exciting. It's it's unprecedented yeah. and it's interesting it's and it's kind of it's kind of scary. Um, you know, I just I hope the stock market doesn't plunge into. Uh, some people think it will, but I guess they they always say that, though, right? Yeah, I mean, is the stock market ever going to get worse than when? I guess when it plunges, is a good is a is a good thing, anyways. Thing. Yeah. unless society ends, which is possible. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, man. Um, I just, Who knows? Not, we don't have enough information. The internet is not reliable. There's no objective truth. We all, everything we know is a lie. Guys, stay off <laughs> Facebook. Whatever you read on Facebook is not true. Just just stop. Stop reading Facebook and then making that's what I don't. That's what I don't like, that everyone everyone thinks that they're it's what they're seeing is true, and that makes it true that it's high, it, it makes it highly likely that nothing that you know is true if everyone thinks that they're right. Right. So that, that just leaves us in a situation where we have no base of like what actual truth is anymore because now you have the you have news media. Here's the truth. Let me tell you the truth. Reality then. The truth is that nothing is more important than your relationships. Okay? Your family members and your friends, the people that you interact with. This is the truth. Okay? These fucking people on social media and on Facebook and on Instagram, these people that you've never met in your life, Stop wasting your time. Put that camera back on me so they can see my seriousness. Stop wasting your time arguing with strangers. How about you stop telling people how to live, bro? Oh, dang it. That's a good one. You got me. Yeah. How about you let people live their life on the digital their <laughs> okay. digital world? Go be as miserable as you want. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. Is people, I mean, if someone wants to spend their life playing video games and not engaging in that's real true. relationships, You're right. they will right. do it. And the same thing will apply to social media. And this is me, this is what this is where I lean towards libertarians. You know, I'm all about people chasing their happiness. Go do what makes you happy. But I don't think arguing on social media actually makes people happy. I yeah, think but it's not like I don't go argue on social media and it still upsets me. <laughs> just to see. Because <laughs> my social media feed is like I try and just get both sides because I don't want to get caught in an echo chamber. Yeah, sure. 
But we're like, even when I do get both sides, I see how all the echo chamber chambers form because my bias is, is like, makes me just hate some, what some people say, even right. if it's like a valid opinion. Well, they're usually not valid. If I, I mean, who every, knows? every I opinion, they seem, valid. Valid. they seem unvalid sometimes. But yeah, I just get frustrated looking at it. But I, I, I would I've just been doing better at focusing on my relationships too. Man, I, I stayed off Facebook for the past two weeks, and really, it was nice. Like, man, and, and I, I just focused on my friendships and and my training. And guys, just try to spend time with people face to face. You know, like the, don't the thing that's hard about it is just that there's this crazy car wreck going on that never ends. <laughs> it's like a train. It's like a train wreck. It's just like piling up, and the body is like the bodies cars. are just. There's carnage everywhere. You know, you don't want to look at it, but you got to look and at the it. The train wreck just won't stop. And you're just like, is it ever going to stop? And the answer is no. I was on that Instagram account. Um, uh, not nature is metal, but there's another one, the dark side of nature and a polar bear ripping apart oh, a I seal who is still alive. And the seal was like trying to fight back and with his flipper and the polar bears literally just like pushing put, it. Like, yeah. Stomping on him and like biting it. And there's blood coming out. And I didn't want to look at it, but I couldn't not look at it. <laughs> That's Facebook. <laughs> yeah, ultimately, what we're experiencing right now is human nature. Carnage. <laughs> yeah, human nature is creating social carnage, chaos, and we can't yeah. look away. Guys, try to spend time with your loved ones yeah, off social media. That's I, my, I really that's my like advice. how you always bring it back to a reality that I had difficulty grasping, which is the president of the United States doesn't really control your individual life. Oh yeah. This as is much the, as people think it does. I learned this in school. Like they were like the president actually impacting your daily life is so insignificant. Like the mayor of your city is going to impact your life well, you way more. You could say that the party that the president represents could also be the party of your city, which could yeah, their sure. parties. Sure. You know, but don't, don't, yeah, guys don't, don't worry so much about the president. It's really, it's your local government that's going to impact your life the most. I'm worried about China. I'm scared of China as a country. That's what I'm scared of. Okay. Uh, equally as, as it, uh, I'm, I'm equally scared of China as I am of an electromagnetic pulse that wipes out our grid system. I think it's a, it's an equivalent fear to have of a. Well, we, but we're, we're the one, we're the ones that buy all their cheap shit. So. I know, but it's, <laughs> they can't, but I mean, a lot of They can't destroy is, us. They need us. Are you sure? It's a symbiotic relationship. I don't know. I don't know either. No one really. I, I think no one. I think there's a lot of unknowns in the world right now. Well, if everyone could remember that they there's they know less, much more less than they think they know. We don't know shit about fuck. We don't know shit about fuck. Which is what that's <laughs> the, the fear. That's and once you all realize that, the world will make more sense. Yeah, it's it's just <laughs> difficult. Like now, I, I think one of the like, things that I'm experiencing okay. is like having this crazy conduit into the the ether of internet information and this incredibly vast amount of information that you can never fully process and understand in your own, your little brain, your little monkey brain, but your the way that human brains make models of situations. We try and create this model around like what's happening in the world because we have access to all this information and our models are just so incorrect because we don't, there's just too much of it to build an accurate model, but we still feel like we should be able to understand it. Yeah, because our little human brains have to try and understand it to like. It's like trying to. to it's like it. it's like trying to wrap your brain around the infinity of the universe. Yeah, and like, you can like you can kind of do it. Like, oh, I can but do not this. really. Wait, no, nah, if you, you no actually idea. like wait, okay, wait, I actually can't. Yeah, I mean, you have, you have no idea the complexity of social interactions between every single person on Earth and every single country, and like how that actually plays out long term, and what's behind door, closed doors and what isn't is so 
complex. Anyways, that was the end of that. That was our political segment. <laughs> Dipped our toes. Gotta, in. I just want just to raise your heart rate a little bit. We gotta, yeah, don't. It's so don't hard. Not, it's hard. It. It's hard not to. Yeah, and stop tripping about everything, guys. Let's just, let's just talk. You know, if you want to go check out BJJ Link and you want to check out their services, if you have an academy and their their member membership management services, use the code. Matt burned. Oh, sorry. Also, Jugo the card game. I always want to give him a shout out. I don't know. I just love those guys. Um, I just want to get out of here, bro. I'm sorry. Okay, but go check out Jugo the card game. It's a really cool card game. Kids love it. If you want, if you have kids that do jujitsu, it's cool. Anyways, okay. Sorry. All right, everyone. That was the Matt Burn podcast number something or other. We'll see you next time. Later. <laughs>